0: Go. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Hear what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures. Thanks be to God. So we're going to do as we've done the last couple of weeks and ask these key questions to sort of frame our conversation. The question of what, what immediately jumps out to you and what is your aha or mm moment? Uh, and then what's the good news? And we might have a new category that we're going to slip in for this week's conversation. Uh, but let's start with the first one. What, Jules? Immediately pops out, jumps out at you when you read this this fairly short story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that pops out at me is these friends or these people anyway who bring this man to the temple every day. I, you know, much like the friends who lower the man on the mat through the roof um, to meet Jesus and be healed. They're the most interesting people in this story, but we get so little information about them and i'm my um my like wondering and my my moment of like oh this why is this jumping out at me so much is really about who they are because i'm I'm curious like why do they do this? Mm-hmm. what's the story? Are they also beggars like are they all you know well, we're going anyway, so we're gonna pick up our you know neighbor or friend and put him at the place with the highest traffic so that he can like get some support. Um,
0: the same people every day or is there a schedule of Right. Folks, right? Do, they have, yeah.
1: uh, do they sort of have a meal train set up where right. it's like Tuesday's exactly. this guy and you know, um, how does it work?
0: You carry, you carry Jeff on Wednesday.
1: And yeah, we'll get exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, and how did they start doing, I just have all this curiosity about who these people are and what their motivations are. Um, but I'm also really intrigued by something you said actually this week about this, which is, uh, you know, what resources do they have? Like they, if he, if they had any money whatsoever, it seems like they would give it to him because mm-hmm. then they wouldn't have to carry him and he wouldn't have to beg. And that seems like the right. most elegant solution. So my assumption is that they're just as... Um, low on the totem pole socially and economically as he is because otherwise they would do something else but this this is what they can do for him every single day apparently and it's like that's so beautiful it's just like giving out of what you have Um, so I want to know more about them and what is happening in their relationships and their relationship in particular with him how do they know each other and who are they how'd they get there what about you what was your uh jumping out
0: moment so i actually have two and you don't know about the first one i'm gonna do i'm gonna talk about you sort of do because i've mentioned it before but i actually want to sing a song um that i this story every time i hear this story or read this story in scripture i think of an old sunday school song that i learned and i'm gonna try to sing it for you Okay, so it goes like this. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He held out his palm in search of an alm. And this is what Peter did say. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Best part. He was walking and leaping and praising God, walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he rose up and walked. So I remember that every single time time I hear the story, I think of Mrs. Westra, teaching us that Sunday school song in her most nasally Midwestern Michigan voice and singing that song. Um, So that's what first pops out. But in terms of the actual story, what sticks out to me, though we don't get all the details that we would like, we don't get backstory of the folks who bring this man to the temple gate, we get a lot more details this is the this is luke right luke writes luke and Acts, um same author and we get much richer detail in this story than we would that i would expect from mark because mark's like just the facts here's the basics and we've been in there for a while and this i can see this story Um, open up in my mind even more because of some of the details. So some of the things that I'm um, uh, I'm talking about. It says, uh, Peter looked intently at him, as did John. And uh, and then he took him by the right hand and raised him up. Oh, oh, I forgot the the detail of, they went to the temple at the hour of prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon. So you can almost see the sky and what color the sky would be at that particular time and what that would look like. And took him by the right hand and raised him up. And then this beautiful detail of immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And I can just see in my like movie magic. If, if you were to put this scene in a movie, special effects could be used to watch these withery ankles and feet all of a sudden become you know, like muscular and strong before this guy jumps up and starts walking and leaping and praising God. I just, I love the detail of the story that helps me to see. And, and like you pointed out um, earlier this week, this is only 10 verses, this is not, we've, we've had some long, long texts we've been dealing with. This is just a snippet story here, but it's really rich with detail and meaning and all kinds of things to to wrestle with. So that that's what jumps out to me.
1: So what was the aha moment for you, given that you read all of that?
0: Well, there have been so many times over the past few months as we've been preaching through the narrative lectionary particularly when we've been in mark and we've seen jesus uh we've seen jesus restore people not just healing them physically but restoring them to community restoring their sense of dignity and um and and humanity and like recognizing them and helping them to understand that they're a child of god and this happens in this story too when uh it tells us that you know, this man would reach out for alms, he would ask for alms. And and if in my mind, when I've seen people when they're begging on the street, and I remember being in Europe and seeing people um, begging on the street, and we have that here, people stand by the side of the, the road, an intersection or whatever, with a sign. And so often I'll watch them hang their head off to the side, or people will avert their eyes from. Um, those that they're asking for funds, and they won't look at them, and so often that's clearly because of a sense of shame that people feel about being in that circumstance at least that's that's often my read on it and when i've I've talked to people uh, who have to do that they're like yeah i don't i don't look at people i don't want to make them feel uncomfortable and and I feel a sense of shame myself and I imagine that that's what this person does as well. I don't want to look at people I'm just hoping, just hoping somebody takes pity on me and and has mercy on me. And yet Peter looked at him intently. So does John. They draw their attention. I, I imagine people when they usually, when they walk by throw a few coins and the guy's mad or whatever and just keep going, but they stop and they look at him intently and they treat him like a human being. And they say, look at us. Like, Ha, don't have any shame. You you need not have any shame. You are okay. You're beyond okay. You're beloved just as you are. Before they ever heal him or anything, they're like, look at us. We're looking at you. We, You deserve to have human connection as well, despite your circumstances. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. I mean, eye contact is one of those things that humanizes us, right? When we, right. When we're not, when we don't meet one another face-to-face, we other them, you know, yeah. other one another. And um, I think that there's a really significant, it's such a significant detail in the story. I skipped right past it until you you just noted that, um, that if they had to say, look at us, it meant he wasn't looking at them. It, yeah, It's like, it's an indicator that there was something missing. Um, mm-hmm. And for them to say, like, let's stop and make this connection first, is so powerful um because it means that he's not just uh he's not just a creature to them he is actually someone uh, a, a someone
0: yeah I, I, and i what i love about it is that it's it's peter in particular peter and john both but peter in particular like living like he's an embodiment of what his teacher taught him and he is in the embodiment of jesus in that moment he invokes the name of jesus to to do this miracle, but but in the moment he's doing what he's seen Jesus do over and over again, which is, yes, I, I want to heal you and I want to meet your physical needs, but there's something beyond that. Uh, I, I I want you to know how valuable you are, that you are not an outcast, that you you do not deserve to be pushed to the margins, but you belong. You belong in your community. You belong to me. You belong as my friend. Um, Jesus does that over and over again in the stories that we've talked about uh, previously. And here's Peter. Peter, who, let's face it, um, oftentimes total lunkhead, doesn't get it, doesn't do the right thing, right? Um, here he he's does the thing that Jesus would do. And I'm just like, go, Peter. Well done. Way to go. It's
1: nice to be able to celebrate him for once
0: yeah yeah it's great so anyway that's that's to me watching peter and john uh be um, clearly emulating their their teacher their rabbi so uh what about for you what was your aha or your mm moment
1: yeah oddly um mine was also about shame i I really connect with what you're saying about individual dignity. But I was thinking about stories and shame that last verse in particular, um, when the people see him dancing and praising God and walking, and it says they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate. And they were filled Mm -hmm. with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And the thing that I kept, I was like, oh, yeah, it's not like this whole story almost doesn't matter unless they know his previous story. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's not miraculous that he's up and walking around unless he mm-hmm. couldn't do that before. And there's huge shame and dishonor in that, especially in that culture. Um, he was disconnected from the community because of it and socially dislocated. Um, he was a beggar. It was very sh- like there is a lot of honor, shame stuff happening in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wouldn't have he wouldn't have been someone to like, you know, think of with dignity. Um, in that culture or in that time. And, and yet there's this important moment that the text makes sure is included where it says like, basically remember how this was for him. All right. This is why God is, this is why God is great. Like this is actually how we know that this, this is glorifying, glorifying of God. Um, And, and the reason I think that's important is that and the lesson I take from it is that when we experience a visitation of spirit or when we experience the, the grace and the miracle, whatever it is that comes into our lives, if we just move along from it and, 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 um, and are like, okay, now I can put that away. I can put the old me away because the new me is better and shinier and, and, and healed or whatever the thing is that we're
0: right. experiencing. Well, washed white as snow. Yeah, we're just clean. Is, no. Yeah, and now
1: yeah. I don't have to think about the old days. I just can erase that part of my story. It are over it. We can just put it away. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, what this text shows me is it's that old story. It's the ugliness. It's the previous stuff in our lives that if we're honest about it and we're vulnerable about it and we share it, Um, Or people know about it. It actually contributes to the beauty and the richness of what happened to us and the grace that we experienced because we can see and share then what actually mattered about it. Um, Mm. And so not having shame about our old stuff when we experience it as being redeemed is a huge part of the work that we have ahead of us to like not just sit poo poo it and say, oh, well, that was the old me and that's different now. It might be true. But also, it has its own value in the whole story of things. Does that make sense?
0: Well, it all belongs, right? Yeah. I mean, a certain favorite um, priest of mine would say that it's, it, everything belongs. It yeah. all belongs. It's, it's definitely a part of the fuller story that, that we don't want to just cast out, throw out. And
1: not only do we not want to, we can't. Yeah. That, that the, the next chapter won't make any sense if we disregard the chapters that came before them. um, The whole story only makes sense if it's a whole story. And I, you know, so often I think we just want to like skip to the end and have it be all happy, a happy ending and ever after. And in fact, what we see is over and over again, the most powerful stories in scripture are those people who like, you know, they have struggled first and they have not nailed it. Um, Mary and... You know, we were just talking about Peter, um, Paul, like all of these people who we hold up as icons and saints and people who we really emulate. It's not, we don't emulate them or find them helpful to us because they were perfect all along. We emulate them because in fact, grace showed up and they didn't erase their old story in the midst of it, but they began to live in a new
0: way. Well, that's what, I mean, as part of the reason I really love that section in the book of Hebrews where we, we learn, like, it tells the story of all of these heroes of the faith, and doesn't leave out the fact that they, they had some uh, moments that were not very good in terms of optics.
1: And in the case oh. of some of them, hashtag Moses, uh, uh-huh. not those moments, like, <laughs> whole decades that yeah. were really bad. Yeah. And still, and still they're called and still they're, you know, they tell that story. So I'm, we had some questions we were curious about, like just some things that New we can
0: answer. New category. Yeah. Possibly unanswerable questions. Right. That's what we're going to try. Um, possibly unanswerable questions. I stole this from one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, this particular category. You want me to kick it off? Yeah, do it. Yeah. This is one of my favorites is, so basically we've got to address the fact that there's a miracle here. Um, what do we do with it? And and we were talking uh, yesterday about how those of us who consider ourselves rationalists and, you know, will try to explain it or figure it out, but I don't want to do that. I want to ask these questions instead. The first one is this, how did these guys know, or did they know that it would work? I mean, Peter and John, how did they know that when they reached down and grabbed this dude's hand and said these and i'm gonna say it magic words because it's kind of what they were how did they know or did they know or were they just taking a shot at it does yeah. that make sense
1: yeah i mean i have i have the same question and and i can't assume and i don't think any of us can assume that they like absolutely for a certainty did know that this would work because they had watched Jesus fail at miracles multiple (laughs) times, right? Like their teacher who is theoretically in their minds, at least like the Messiah, um, because he never confirmed it, but like to them, the Messiah, even he had to do the mud trick with somebody in somebody's eye and had to do it twice. Right. I think that's in Luke. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the other one that comes to mind is he really, Uh, struggled in his hometown there's a part I think it's in Matthew where they're like yeah his powers didn't really work there uh, when he was at home and Uh like the gospel text like includes that but they sort of skip past it really fast like it's a little embarrassing but like even these guys have seen even Jesus can't do some things and so I imagine like I don't I don't know how these guys knew this would work or if they did I'm fascinated by this question
0: yeah and i i think i'm right there with you i think they 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 probably didn't know 100 percent for sure um but they did it anyway and that's what and and i guess that's what's really intriguing to me is uh, that that they decided well we're gonna give this a shot what's the worst thing that that could happen the guy flops back down and then we say sorry we don't have any money and we move on i guess right but but because of their, their, their faith, ultimately, they said, we're going to try this, I'm going to try this, and trust that this is a thing that can end, maybe even will happen. Um, Yeah,
1: and here we get back to shame again, right, because the Mm. the follow-up question for me is, so why don't we try?
0: Yeah, that's where I was going to go, yeah. Yeah. That
1: impossible question, why don't we even, because we don't, we, we have given up on for whatever reason, some of them possibly very good reasons. Um, you know, we have modern medicine now, but uh, like we've given up on miracles in general and healing miracles of this kind, at least in particular. And we could call modern medicine a miracle and I would be happy to do that. Um, I am happy to do that, thank God for it. But if we don't try, we don't even see the miracle. And so why don't we try? And I think again, it's about shame and a lack of trust. Like we don't actually trust that it'll work. We don't, we're like afraid we'll fail and that we'll look foolish and therefore secondarily that like God will look foolish. And I I think there's something really fascinating about that. Like why don't we even bother?
0: Yeah. Well, and and I'm going to, I'm going to move it even outside of the arena of just um, these, the physical healing um, that, that took place here. But I think that oftentimes it is that that fear of of not being able to be successful at this, the shame that comes with, um, I don't, we don't even want to try. I think that hinders us as individual people of faith, but also uh, as communities, as church communities. I think that that oftentimes we things seem too big and too impossible, and like that's we can't do that. That's, come on, wouldn't that be great? But no, we can't really do that. And I think that that happens, it kind of keeps us in the place sometimes as the church that we're we're, we're stuck. We just do the thing we know we can do and that we're good at and that we've always done. Because we're not
1: even really good at. Right. Right. It's just what
0: we've always done. And maybe we've forgotten why, but it's just what we do. And I think that oh, I did not expect to go here, but I'm going to say this. I think that perhaps this whole coronavirus, COVID-19, quarantine, this whole thing, the way it's impacting the church should make us ask the bigger questions again. Like we obviously can't do things the way we've always done them we are in different rooms across town sermonizing together we're doing something different what else are there bigger things that we can that we should be trying to accomplish are there miracles that we aren't moving toward or believing in um, that we should be can this break us out of that rut I mean does that make yeah
1: Absolutely. Because then the question becomes, is it our lack of faith in ourselves and our lack of faith in the possibility of God doing something actually limiting God's ability to do it amongst us? Mm-hmm. Um, does our uh, lack of belief actually mean that we just won't ever see mir- miraculous things? We just won't see them because we haven't opened ourselves to seeing them. And yeah, I think, I think it's, it is an impossible question to answer, but it is a very good one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. given all of that, what's the good news, Andy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the good news, as far as I,
0: I'm concerned. I think I put myself in the place of this um, this beggar, uh, this man who who couldn't walk. And he was going about his day as he did every day, 3 o'clock, same thing. I get dropped off. I ask for alms. And the only hope in that situation is that there will be enough generosity that his his needs will be taken care of. That's the only hope that he has. And you know what? I'm not going to knock that. That's, that's what he had. Those are the resources people had to give. That's how people were trying to help. Um, nothing wrong with it. And yet, there was a bigger hope that this person couldn't even imagine. There's no way that, that this man woke up thinking there was any possibility he was going to run into two jokers who were going to look him in the eye and grab him by the arm and he was going to be walking and leaping and praising God. There's no way. And yet, i somehow in reading this story i feel a sense that that kind of hope still exists it's still there we talked about how all of our days are starting to just fuzz together and seem cloudy and we just go about doing our daily thing that we're doing and i read this story and i'm like can can we have that i want i want some peter and john <laughs> miracle action going on, uh, in, in our lives, in our world, in our existence, because all of us are in this together right now. And I want that for all of us collectively to get to a place where we're, we can rise up again and walk and leap and praise God because of it. I think, I hope that's possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can't think- even say it. I think, or I hope i I'm in the, in between there. But something about this, yeah, something about this makes me go, that's possible? Yes, please.
1: Without turning God into a cosmic vending machine where we're like, well, I asked for it and so it needs to happen, which is not miraculous. That's just transactional. Um, Right. Like love showing up is a completely different kind of miracle than I demand it. Of you and therefore that's conditional, not unconditional, um, you know I think of like I think of miracles i've experienced um, i haven't experienced any physical healing miracles necessarily, but i I've experienced miracles of forgiveness that have completely shifted my future um, you know reconciliation of relationships that you know, were an entire surprise to me and altered my view of myself and the world right like those are I could name those I know those moments they're significant i was I was leaping and dancing and and praising God at those times in my life. And I think all of us have those things if we're paying attention closely. Um, But, you know, you said like, I think, and I hope, and I, 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 I was very moved in this story that this man kind of moves through life without expectation of anything ever getting better or of a miracle, like you said, but I don't think, that we're fully ourselves or fully human unless we have that kind of hope. I don't think, I don't think that we can survive this world if in this life, like none of us gets out of here alive, right? Officially, but um, I don't think we can survive this if we don't have the hope at least of the miraculous, if not the expectation of it. Because we mm-hmm. we need to experience the opportunity to be pulled out of the mundane right otherwise all we do is like we're just fatalistic and we're not like nothing will be different it's just what it is um we don't help one another we don't expect miracles of other people and we certainly don't expect them of ourselves i just I, i don't unless we believe the miraculous is possible and even probable when we're paying attention i i don't see how we then can miraculous to other people like if miracles don't exist then i can't do anything miraculous which right. is absolutely unacceptable to me
0: mm-hmm. yeah totally totally and it might i i i'm struck by and i i think this is good news too yeah. that we have um we have a couple of different types of generosity in this story yeah. uh one that may seem really small but actually was the daily bread that this man needed the fact that his friends brought him to a place where people could give him the alms that he needed um so that he could have what would sustain him um is is, is hope is help it is the thing that it's grace in, in a sense too um and I think that there's hope in that as well, that if we're paying attention, we can both be and receive that type of, uh, I'm going to say smaller grace, right? Um, But there's also this bigger grace that we may not even allow ourselves enough to entertain the idea of, that, that there might be life altering Big miracle moments that we can not only uh, receive, but that we can be a part of. I think that both of those things are true. Um, that we can, there are the little bits of grace. I want the bigger ones still. <laughs> and and I'm I I reading this story, this conversation makes me hope and and maybe even lean into believing that. Um, That that's possible.
1: yeah. And not just that it's possible, but that it's on its way.
0: God, I hope so.
1: Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Well, we have some questions for folks to ponder in the midst of all of this.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So... Here's the first question for all of us is uh, are you, are we in a place where we believe in both the small and the big um, hope and grace and miracles? Um, Do we believe that? Do you believe that? Um, And if you do, first of all, some encouragement, thank God for that. (laughs) That's a gift right now in these days to, to be able to, honestly say, no, I do have hope. I do believe. I, I have been a part of this kind of grace and hope and, and miracle. And, and I, I, I think that, I believe that more is coming. If you're in that place, I, I want to encourage you lean into that and also recognize that that strength uh, makes it perhaps possible for you to pray for those of us, and I'm going to say us because I'm included who are struggling with that right now. And if you are one of those folks who doesn't is really struggling right now, right now, wavering, if not altogether like miracles, stop it. Uh, hope grace. Yeah. Talk to me next week or next month, next year. Right. If you're in that place, um, I want to encourage you, we want to encourage you to lean into this idea of lament and still calling out to God. That's why the Psalms and the book of Lamentations, we read all throughout scripture, places where people who are feeling a sense of, of, of hopelessness, of I don't believe in miracles, I don't believe in in hope and grace, I'm really struggling with that, that you too can cry out to God and say, and I found myself doing this. I don't know about you, Jules, but I found myself more recently being like, God, I help me, help me in this. I don't, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to see life and light. I'm struggling to have hope. I'm really struggling. Miracles are I'm pretty dubious right now when it comes to miracles. And and yet I still find myself crying out to the divine. And I I guess I would encourage us. I think that's good news as well, that we, we love and serve and are loved by a God who desires both and who receives both and who's in and with us in all of that and in both. Yeah. Would Thanks you add anything?
1: No, I think we should end with prayer.
0: Okay. Can I pray? Yeah, please. God, first I want to thank you for those who who are are steadfast, and who um, lean can lean in right now to having hope, to belief in the miraculous in both small bits and big chunks of grace. I give you thanks for those people, and I, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, will continue to fill them and renew them and encourage and, and allow them to be a blessing, both in their prayer for those who are struggling and in their presence for those who are hurting, so that that life and that light and that hope can pour out of them and hopefully be received by those of us who are struggling. And I pray for us, for those of us who, for right now, this is, this is hard, and hope and miracles don't really make a lot of sense all the time. And I pray that we would be reminded that we can cry out to you that you, in fact, Lord Jesus, have experienced that same sense of hopelessness and pain and discouragement. And I thank you that you receive that vulnerability, that that part of who we are as well. And I pray for peace and for comfort and for a renewal of our faith and a restoration of our hope. And I pray for a miracle for our world, oh God. And I don't know what it looks like. And I'm not even going to ask for specifics. But I pray for that kind of Peter and John miracle that will lead to a place where we all will be together walking and leaping and praising you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name and all the holy names of God. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, let's sing the benediction and say goodbye to one another. Um, Beloved, we miss you. I miss you more and more every single day. Um, So hear these words of blessing and go about your week knowing that you are loved and missed not just by me and Andy, but by so many in our community. We know that you're caring for one another. Um, Who would you, who should lead this week?
0: You go ahead. All right.
1: Let me, let me find the key. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious, gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up. God's countenance upon you and give you, give you, give you
0: peace. Stay home in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. Not all the pistons are firing really super well right now. So,
1: um, that's totally where I am too. I have no pistons. Okay. (sighs)
0: She
1: sells seashells by the seashore
0: i just noticed that (laughs) the bookshelves behind you look so they're all nice and organized the bookshelves behind me look like life right now (laughs) like this is a metaphor Uh i don't know i don't know what some of it is there's stuff in bags
1: little trash bags on the shelf there's
0: some some tools (laughs)
1: cleaning supplies clearly i see those
0: <laughs> there's some there's disinfectant wipes that are probably i could put on ebay
1: <laughs> let's raise some money for the church
0: okay
1: all right